the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spooky movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting podcasts that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Katie. And hey there, this is Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. Yes, we're Grindhouse Girls podcast uh, coming to you on this Sunday evening. Uh, Very impromptu episode. Yes. Usually we would be reviewing a spoopy, scary, or strange movie for you. Uh, but unfortunately, we had a crazy technical difficulty happen this week, um, which was really depressing because uh, we had a really great episode that we had filmed with our friend Jonathan about a great movie called You Were Never Really Here by Lynn Ramsey starring Joaquin Phoenix. And um, basically... The file looked normal. Everything was great. I went to go edit it. I usually edit on Sundays. And after five minutes, it's just blank. Yep. So, you know, sometimes that happens. Uh, I really haven't. The only time this happened before was like, it just was taking forever to download. But we figured it out. But this one just like Skype messed up. And, you know, we're thankful for Skype. But also we're a little, I'm a little perturbed. Yeah. To say the least. Uh, Setting. So, uh, this was our second guest episode. And we had, I feel like, me personally, I, I think Katie would agree, our guest episodes are some of our favorites. Um, Jonathan had so much great insight into this movie. I think we were all really excited to talk about it. It was an interesting movie. It was a great movie. Um, and for us not to have that footage or to be able to talk about it, like to show you guys all this work that we put into researching this movie just really bums us out. Yeah, I don't like being a, be, having to be like, oh, hey, we don't have an episode. Although I'm pretty sure I'm going to title this episode, Oops, Our Episode Got Deleted. Um, <laughs> because, like, I don't know what else. It's, uh, it's And poor Jonathan's sad, too. We're all sad. We're all like, it was such, we had such a good time filming. But we do plan on refilming it after Spooktober. Yeah, exactly. So, so luckily, our Which friend- I realize now we haven't announced yet. But Ooh. because we announced it in our episode and two episodes but right now i guess we're announcing in in october we're gonna do a spooptober we're gonna do four special halloween episodes and you'll find out more about that in a couple episodes yes 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 and luckily our friend jonathan is a very very good sport um he said you know he was disappointed he was sad but he said he'd be willing to in the future refilm it again so i mean we're very very lucky that we also had someone who was very understanding that happened to be featured on this episode with us so Yes, and someone that is a friend that w- is willing to give us another chance. I feel so sad. We are sorry we don't have a real episode for you, but we thought, you know, one thing that we don't really talk about on the episodes because we mostly do movies is there are some kind of like spoopy and strange television shows, especially some new ones out that we thought maybe we could give you guys some uh, TV shows to watch that we've been into lately i know i've gotten i've been watching a couple tv shows what about you Brittany? yeah um so i mean i love 
horror. Um, so I, I have a lot of spooky TV shows. I will admit the show I just finished was actually uh, Fosse Verdant, uh, which is a, a miniseries. Um, it's eight episodes. It just it won a shit ton of Emmy Awards last year. Um, so I it finally came on Hulu. Watched it. Uh, loved it. So it's not really a scary show, but I mean... It's still fantastic. Um, I would definitely recommend that. What about you, Katie? So non-scary. Do you have anything first off before we get into like well, scary, scary? It is dystopian, but you know how much I love Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. If, God, if you haven't seen Mr. Robot, people, just watch it. It's amazing. Um, also, like I just finished Perry Mason, the new version of it, and it is really good. It's actually quite dark and spoopy, but not scary it's just really dark it takes place during the depression in LA so it's really depressing but it's really really good and they do some really good interesting stuff I also watched um this is just it's actually quite a silly show but I kind of love it called it kind of reminds me of true blood because it takes place in the south it has nothing to do with vampires at all but it's very soap opera-y and it's called Pea Valley, and it's on Stars. And one of my coworkers at work was talking about it, and I was like, "What the hell is Pea Valley?" And then it stands for, you know, the P word for a lady's, you know what? Oh, it's literally, yeah, I know. I was like, "That's a stupid name." And then I was like, "Oh, okay." Like they, they're very not shy about it in the credits because it's Stars, but you know, you can't just put that out there. You can't name a TV show, fuck this. You can say F this. You can't say fuck this, you know, because of the censors. But so it's like a television show about a strip club in the Mississippi Delta after like a hurricane. Like uh, the hurricane's just one person's story. Like the first girl you meet, she um, survives a hurricane and escapes from like, it seems like an abusive husband. And she either had to abandon her child or her child died in the hurricane. I'm only in like episode three or four. So I really don't know what exactly happens. But she like basically has a fake identity because she's running away from her abusive husband. Or I don't know. Maybe it was her boyfriend. Her abusive partner. Um, But then like so she ends up working at this strip club called The Pink in the Mississippi Delta. Isaiah Washington is in it randomly unrecognizable because he's much older than he was when he was in Grey's Anatomy. And I was like, oh my God, someone hired Isaiah Washington, which he does a really good job. He plays like the mayor of the town. And then like the person who runs the club is like non-binary. And he's very fun, but I feel like the first two episodes, they made him go way out. He kind of reminds me of like the guy that played, who sadly died, the actor who played Lafayette in True Blood. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of like an over like over the top Lafayette. Like Lafayette was the right amount of like he's a flamboyant person, but he's also like a person. You know, also but also that I've only seen four episodes, so maybe he gets more depth as it goes along. Cause I feel like they kind of did that to Lafayette. Anyways, but there's like and then there's another girl, she's like the star of the club, and her mom's like a Bible thumper, and she keeps like, but she's using her daughter's money to like build up her church. So I hate her mom. Her mom's a terrible person. Um, but it's very interesting. It's very overdramatic and very soap opera-y. And there's a lot of naked people because they're at a strip club, obviously. But it's honestly quite entertaining. So if you just want something that's high drama, 
And I haven't really seen like a, there hasn't really been a primetime TV show that I've seen in a long time that has, maybe Empire. Empire was pretty melodramatic. And Grey's Anatomy gets pretty melodramatic. But I feel like this is even more melodramatic than uh, Grey's Anatomy. But it's like that kind of thing. It's just melodramatic and like strip club and the music's really good. Um, So it's very interesting and it's very gross because it takes place in Mississippi. Which is, I'm sorry, people that live in Mississippi, but is literally the worst part of the South in a state. It's like they closed it off and said, people probably shouldn't live here. Let's make it a state. And then people just didn't listen because that's how I feel about that part. And I know people that live are from Mississippi and they would say that. And I've been there. It's it's worse than Alabama. It honestly is. Agreed. Oh. But yeah, so P Valley, what's what's P Valley? What what's is it on a streaming it's service? On stars, yeah, it's, it's on, on stars, stars on my Amazon Prime accounts. Uh, yeah, P Valley, uh, and Perry Mason. Perry Mason's really good. It's just really depressing. I was trying to think if there's anything else I've watched that isn't creepy, but I think everything else that I've been watching is pretty creepy. The only other thing, which actually I haven't watched this in a long time, but P Valley made me start thinking about it because it's also like a southern kind of horror show called sharp objects oh yeah 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 that was based on a jillian flynn novel right like so good yes so good on hbo um amy adams is the main character and like one of the most like heavy roles i've seen her play um she does a really good job as like an like she is like a person who has a lot of like baggage we'll just put it that way i don't want to spoil anything and a, a very traumatic like family history and she goes back to her hometown because there's been like a serial killer in her hometown and she's trying to write a story about it but like it gets really close to home we'll just put it that way and uh it's it's have you seen it yet Brittany? i've only seen the first episode of that series i need to so keep good. and then i just completely forgot the last episode fl- throws you for a loop um speaking of throwing for loops oh also my friend Kat recommended me to see that because she had seen Gone Girl and read Gone Girl and then she read Sharp Objects because she's a yeah, much love Gone Girl. Yeah. and I still haven't seen Gone Girl and I have I bought the book to read and then it went off streaming and then I lost the will to read it but I'll probably read it eventually and then I'll watch the movie um but speaking of like twists ruining things um so there is a trailer for antebellum which is a movie we've been looking forward to watching and the trailer and i was like the twist will throw you for a loop and i was like don't tell me there's a twist i've been looking forward to this movie for such a long time i don't want to know that there's a twist yeah i don't want to be waiting for it i don't i don't want to know about like they've been really mysterious this whole time and i don't want to know Candyman got pushed back till next year by the way I know. I was complaining about that at work. I was like, I, I think that's how we now. Uh, yeah, I was really upset. Wait, this says August 21st. That's not the release date of Antebellum because it hasn't gotten released yet. September 18th. Okay, so the okay. 18th. So it's coming out this weekend. So yeah, on, I'm pretty sure on demand because I'm not, I'm not going to movie theaters yet. Yeah. Sorry, no. You're good. You're gross. They're gross before COVID. So, uh, horror movie themed, like horror themed TV shows. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what do we want to name? I have a, I have a long list, but I probably won't list everything. 
I have a few too. I feel like I have a long list. Um, I feel like most of mine are kind of mainstream, but you know, the good horror TV shows I feel like are going to be mainstream. People love horror. They love thrillers. Um, one of the first things that came to mind, a show that I was really impressed with that is available in its entirety, I believe on Netflix right now is Bates Motel. (gasps) Oh, that is really good. I haven't finished it, but I really liked it. I watched the first season and I thought it was significantly creepy. Yeah, so me and Katie earlier were talking about uh, TV shows. Uh, some of my favorite TV shows have very strong beginning, middles, and ends. They're usually series that maybe wrap up in four or five seasons because um, they don't drag on longer than necessary. Like a few other shows that we'll talk about that I'm going to bring up as far as horror. <laughs> um, but uh, Baseball Tale had a very strong beginning, middle, end, and Freddie Highmore, who plays um, Norman, and then, of course, Vera Farmajan, who plays Norma, are both very strong actors. Um, They give very believable performances. I feel like you care about the characters. It's a great, just a great show. Um, So yeah, definitely recommend it. If you love Psycho, um, you know, you'll love this. If you don't love Psycho, that's okay. It's still a really great show. And I think there's things that would surprise you in it. So. And I think on the Psycho front, because so for Spooptober, Mm -hmm. we were getting ready to do like um, horror like Halloween themed movies and I was looking at I, it's not a spoiler because it's not streaming right now I was gonna had have Psycho as one of my movies because mm-hmm. my episodes first and it's not streaming anywhere but every sequel to Psycho which some are good and some are terrible yeah um, and the and the remake they're all streaming on Amazon Prime either on Prime Stars or Shutter it looks like I think it was Stars so I've been meaning to watch all the sequels in the entirety. I've seen parts of all of them, but I haven't actually watched them all. And there's some really interesting ones and there's some like really not very good ones. So if you, if you like Psycho and you want to watch Bates Motel and you want to get some more, that's a good option too. Um, I will say I like that they take that complicated relationship. That leads up. That was a dog. Don't worry. We're fine. Um, they're just playing. Um, I like that they take that very complicated relationship between Norman and Norma and they develop it over several seasons. So like you understand why it ends up the way it ends up. Yeah. But they also do a really good deal with set design where everything's like kind of vintage, but not vintage. And I love it. It's almost like it follows where you don't really know the time period, which I, I love that feel. It's like, I'm, I'm looking at doing a lot of redecorating soon and everything I've been looking at. I'm like, I just want to feel like I'm in old Hollywood, but I still need to have my video game consoles present. Yeah. So exactly. it's like, oh, Hollywood agency is like, I won't go off on the home decor tangent, but I also worked, worked in home decor for a few years. And the Hollywood Regency is actually one of my favorite styles. Um, it's very expensive, but it's yeah. gorgeous. So <laughs> I'm looking at a green velvet couch and a pink velvet headboard. Yeah. So Hollywood. But actually, yes, I'm very, I just want to live in old Hollywood and like, I think I'm going to do my bedroom in green and like light green and pink velvet. Yeah. It's really girly, but I don't have to have another person in my bedroom unless I want them to be there. So exactly. it's, it's my bedroom, bitch. Exactly. So I'm, and plus I have like, well, if, if all goes well with my house, it, if I get the house I'm supposed to be getting, everything's going well as long as the seller doesn't back out. I, I have very high, it has very high ceilings. So I'm going to want to fill that space. So I'm like, ooh, I can get lights and be really like 
cool. Uh, vanity. I'm so excited. But yeah, um, yeah, I like Bates Motel. I think it's a really good show. Um, and I, I want to finish it because I started it and I really liked it. But it just like, I don't know why I, didn't, I just got distracted. This happens to me a lot. Um, one that I have, which is one of the reasons why I ended up watching P-Valley because it got recommended. Like when you're like done watching an episode because it's, it's only, f- I think, four episodes in right now is a new one on HBO called Lovecraft Country. Oh, yeah. I've heard about Lovecraft Country. Actually, I actually was a background character in it, too. Oh, my God. It's not a mutual friend, is it? No, 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 no. Okay. Because I was like, we have one mutual friend that does a lot of work in Atlanta, but I don't think they filmed a lot of this in Atlanta. Maybe they did. I don't know. I forgot when they filmed it, but she was uh, she was a background character, and they have her in this like very beautiful '40s blue suit, just shopping at one of the scenes. I'm like, oh, you oh, look- that may have been the last episode because they were like in a store. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's maybe. like a department store scene, so that yeah. might be that. Oh, cool. Well, she I may have seen her. Um. So Lovecraft Country. I mean, if you know about H.P. Lovecraft, uh, very cool, creepy stories about like the origins of man and Cthulhu and good versus evil and stuff like that. But also, um, which I found this out recently, Lovecraft uh, was maybe kind of a terrible racist too. Like he said a lot of really shitty things about black people in some of his books, Um, which is why Lovecraft country is very interesting because it takes place in the 1950s after the Korean war there, the main character, um, Tick, he, um, T-I-C, um, he served in Korea and has a lot of, like, PTSD he's dealing with from it and has a lot of, like, dreams of, like, it opens up where he's, like, in Korea fighting and then, like, Cthulhu shows up out of nowhere and there's, like, aliens and shit and it's really, like, what the fuck's going on? And then it's like, oh, it's a dream, it's fine. But he, um, goes back home to Chicago because his dad's been missing his father went to look for the origins of his mother's family, which are in Ardham, Massachusetts. Not Arkham, which is the place that all the Lovecraft stories take place. So they're not, they're, they're like, he's like, oh my god, it's Arkham, Massachusetts. And then they're like, no, it's Ardham. But it's like the same kind of area. So basically, they kind of wrap in this African-American family and the struggle of the civil rights movement into all this Lovecraft lore where they, um, the uncle of the main character and the brother of the guy who's disappeared, um, he and his wife have been writing the green book, which is like the book to help African-Americans travel safely through the United States. So his wife is like illustrating the map part and, and he's doing the right, he's doing the actual traveling. So they're doing that too. So they run into a bunch of like not safe areas and there's this whole, I'm not ruining too much, but it's just a really good scene where they're in a, what you would call a sunset town where you cannot be in that town if you're black after sunset, which I knew about them, but I don't think I really understood how flipping scary that is because they do this really great scene where they are literally racing against the sun to get out of this town. And there's like this crazy sheriff chasing them. And I'm like, that's fucking terrifying. It's like so terrifying. And, but then like there's Lovecraft monsters in it too. So they take, so not only does it have creepy Lovecraft monsters in it and like 
creepy people, but it also has, you know, human monsters, which are the scariest kind of monsters because they're yeah. real. So it it's very good. I really like the girl that plays, and now I'm blanking on her name. She's actually Jesse Smollett's sister, the actress, and I can't remember the character's name. I'm blanking. Um, uh, let's see. Lovecraft Country. Um, let's see. Letitia Letty. I think I think she goes by Letty. Um, Journey Smollett. And then Jonathan Majors plays Atticus Freeman, who's Tick. And then Courtney B. Vance, who I know I've seen in a bunch of stuff because his name's really familiar to me, but he plays the uncle. And then there's a lot of there's a lot of really cool actors in it. And also, um, when I started watching it, Abby Lee Kershaw, who was one of the models in Neon Demon, is in it too. She's like this like this creepy like there's like a mason kind of plot where there's like a lovecraft group but they're like the masons but they're kind of evil and they're a little more white supremacist so that she plays the daughter of one of them so she's got like this really cool look she it, but it also reminds me of true blood because like it's like creepy people but like everybody everybody's in like these big lush houses and like just the wealth and stuff i don't know it's good i like it I've watched all four episodes. It's getting it's getting a little Indiana Jonesy too. This the last episode I watched was getting a little Indiana Jonesy, like they had to go into a crypt and stuff. And so, if you like adventure and like Cthulhu's always interested you, I would definitely like conspiracy theories. I would definitely look into this. It's very interesting, and I it has it it does a good job between bridging the gap between like fantasy. And, like, actual historical things that happen. Like, they use a lot of speeches as audio over, um, like, when they're traveling through the country and they're traveling through really racist parts of America and they're using actual speeches from civil rights leaders. I find that very interesting. Like, they do a really good job creatively of, like, expressing the feel of the time from, you know, I mean, we all know about the civil rights movement, but I think they do a really good job of making it such a more personal journey for all the characters and it really like makes you think more about like oh shit what would I do in this situation this is so fucking scary that like you can't be in a town after dark like that's fucking terrifying so um and there's creepy monsters and everything's like in the 50s so everything's gorgeous and very Hollywood Regency like it's exactly my taste I love it like the girl who uh Letitia like, Letty, like, she's always wearing, like, the cutest outfits. I'm like, oh, my God, where did she get that dress? It's so cute. So, it's a great show. I think you should watch it if you... It's And it's spoopy, but it's not too scary. The only negative is it's a TV show, and the CGI budget must not have been that great, because the CGI is kind of, eh. The practical effects are good. Whenever they have practical effects, they're really good, but the CGI is like, eh, it's, it's not that great. But it's okay, because everyone's a strong actor. It's just, like, the only, like, that's the only negative, really, I have with it. Yeah. But good. I recommend it. It's on, it's on HBO. I'm going to have to watch it. Like, I'm, I'm excited. I'm definitely going to, if I'm going to, like, have to. What I usually do, a lot of times I try to, like, watch the pilot episode. And if the pilot episode can kind of get me turned on to something, I'm like, let's see how second episode does. And then, you know, keep going. Um... 
I feel like that's the way, that's the reason I've watched a lot of first seasons of TV shows, but maybe I've not moved on to second, third, or so on seasons. Um, but no, I, I really want to see, and Lovecraft Country is something I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. Like, I, I was aware it was a show, but other than my friend who's been an extra, and then like a few people sprinkled here and there, I haven't seen a whole lot of people talk about it. So I'm really curious about why it's maybe flying under the radar right yeah. now. Yeah. It that make you know what the weird thing is too. I feel like I saw advertisements for it when it first came out, and then I was going on my Amazon Prime HBO account, and whenever I would look for it, like I've been having a hard time finding it on the little kiosk, like the carousel thing that you know you call it, like the carousel where you flip through it. I've been having a really hard time finding it in the menu. Like I have to actually search for it. So I don't know why that is. I don't know if they haven't been getting good ratings or if there's a conspiracy theory and someone's trying to not let people watch it because maybe the Lovecraft people are coming for them. I don't know. Oh. But I don't think so. But I I will say, like, I've been having a hard time finding it. Like, it's not as prominent as, like... But I found that with Perry Mason, too. Like, I watched... I was watching Perry Mason, and it's another HBO show, and it was currently going on, and I was having a really hard time finding on the kiosk. Like, I was having to search for it. And I don't know if it's because my Prime app maybe says, well, you already watched an episode, so we're not going to put this forward. We're going to advertise to you things that you haven't seen yet. It might just be yeah. an algorithm problem. Um, but I really like Lovecraft Country. I think it's a good – it kind of, like, takes, like, civil rights history with personal drama. But then it's also got a little True Blood thrown in as well as American Horror Story because yeah. it does a little bit of everything. But it, it hasn't gone too – different and also like all the actors are really convincing and really good like there's no one's like nobody's a bad like I haven't had a bad performance yet they even have child actors and everybody's solid and everybody's very natural and um I think the only people are kind of weird are the um I don't want to say who they are but the the girl that the girl from Neon Demon plays and her boyfriend are kind of weird he's a little bit he reminds me so much of Eric Northman in um, True Blood, who's played by Alexander Sarsgaard. Um, like, they almost made him look just like Eric Northman, which I was kind of like, I wonder if they asked Alexander Sarsgaard, and he was just like, I'm I'm not playing a creepy, super blonde, super white person anymore. It's just, it's, I can't do it anymore. I can't, my hair can't handle the bleach anymore. I don't know if it's that. Because they're all, like, bleach blonde and, like, super pale. Very pretty. Like, very, like, that, like, almost like like a like silver kind yeah. of but it like almost like unnatural how pale they are so like children of the damned? yeah exactly yes that's what they look like they look like the children of the damned yeah um but very but dressed very nicely um and obviously there's you know it's it's obvious symbolism and stuff but it's like it's not and also they do play modern music but they don't play it like in the scene and they don't overuse it. It's not like that Lizzie Borden movie where they were just playing like Western rap country music, like in the middle of like Lizzie Borden. And I was like, um, I'm sorry, what year is this? Yeah. So they do a good job of like sprinkling in some modern music, but only like, but they also play a lot of like Ella Fitzgerald songs. Like they were, uh, I think it's Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby, which I think actually Leo Arms, uh, 
did I say Leo Armstrong? Louis Armstrong, I'm sorry. I think he actually made that more famous, but they were singing that song and a bunch of like old 50s and 40s music that like I I really like like swing music from the 40s and 50s, like Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, I love her. I have like a whole collection of her. Okay, because I love her. She's she was a great singer. Um, so they sing they have a lot of like actual time period songs, but then they do sprinkle in some modern music and they also finish the first episode and ev- with Nina Simone Sinnerman and then they have covers of it kind of like weeds you know how weeds had the same song but then different people would sing it every season it's kind of like that but it's every episode oh so far, and Outlander been- does that too Outlander every season the same yes thing uh changes based on where they are at geographically so yes and so yeah. they do this but they do it um Every episode is a different cover of Sinner Man, which I love. You've heard Sinner Man. If you've heard any Nina Simone music, you've actually, you've probably heard that song before. Like, and it's more of the piano track that gets people, I think, than actually the vocals. Yeah. Even though it's cool. But anyway, I like Nina. Nina Simone's one of my favorite singers. I have, like, I bought one of her, like, best of albums. And it was one of those where, like, you never had to, like, skip a song. You could just listen to the whole thing. Because she's like just that. incredibly talented okay let's go to the next but it's your turn Brittany. what have you been watching oh well it's not really something i'll be honest um i haven't been watching it lately and a lot of people are probably gonna grow when i say this one but um i was uh there was big news released the other day the walking dead was ending after its 11th season uh which is i believe the next season that's going to air um and thank the lord yes so i was a huge fan of this show uh, when it aired. And I think a lot of people keep forgetting how revolutionary of a TV show, maybe not in its ideals, but just how big this show was when it initially aired. So I remembered um, going to Comic-Con in 2008, which is still one of my like favorite experiences I've ever had in my life. And there was the big banners for The Walking Dead that were premiering, it's like premiering this fall on AMC. I was like, holy shit, because I've read that comic and that comic is so violent. I was mind blown that it was going to be aired on amc and so i was telling katie before we started airing the podcast that you know when this show premiered uh vampires were the thing like yeah like vampire diaries twilight was big um was huge there the whole cast of true blood was actually at comic-con that year promoting the second season (gasps) i love true blood oh Mm -hmm. we should just give an honorable mention to true blood because that is that is a good we've already mentioned it twice so it's great. It Watch is good. Blood on HBO. It is fun. It's a good show. Um, so with The Walking Dead, uh, no one wanted to take no one wanted to take like a bet on it. Uh, so they they pitched to like major TV television networks, including HBO, which I think it would have made an amazing HBO show. Um, and AMC was the only one that took a bet on it, and they were like, okay, fine, we'll we'll see, but we only want to order six episodes. So the first season is only six episodes long. The pilot episode, I'm like, if you guys don't watch any other episode, watch the pilot episode. It is a great, great episode. I think it's just like, Mm -hmm. um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the don't open dead inside. It's just legendary. And I I loved it. Like you could, I, I still think that's one of the best pilots I've ever seen. And there's actually a black and white version that they filmed in complete black and white. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool too. Um, so yeah, I love this show. Um, I, like many viewers, there was a major character that was killed off around, I think, the seventh season. Um, 
It actually yep. happened in the comics. Um, so it's not something we didn't know would happen. It's just I feel like that's kind of was like the turning. A lot of TV series um, have a turning moment where viewers kind of turned off. And that was kind of like the moment for me. Um, I did watch a few episodes after that episode, but there's a luster that I felt was lost. But yeah, I, that specific character was like my favorite. Like the heart. It was like the heart. He or she was one of my favorite characters, and they were one of the most. I mean, I know that like that's why it hurts because bad things happen to well, good people. I get it, but I feel like a lot of people were watching to see that character, and honestly, well, everyone. This was before. I don't. I don't even know if Rick's dead or alive at this point because I haven't watched in such a long time. <laughs> um, I know they skipped ahead some years, but that's yeah. all I know really. Um, but like, I I had kind of once Lori was dead. Oh, spoilers! Lori yeah. dies at some point. Everyone dies at some point, by the way. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that the show uh, don't get attached. It's like Game of Thrones. Don't get attached to anybody. They are, they all end up dying at some point. Yeah. So. But, like, once that happened, like, I kind of was, like, losing interest in Rick and his family, honestly. I was just like, okay, the drama's gone now, so uh, what, where, what are we going to do now? Well, there's a lot of characters you're like, oh, I really like this character. You're like, oh, they're dead now. It's been yeah. two episodes. Cool. Exactly. Awesome. And there's there's quite a few deaths in that. And it, So even if you're familiar with the comics, you can't even trust the source material because there's characters in the comic they kept alive in the show longer and they killed off in the comics earlier and then flipped around on the other side. Daryl did yeah. insist in the comics. Obviously, Daryl is like a huge character in that show. Is um, Daryl dead in the comics? Daryl never was never in the comics. Like he was Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I knew that. I'm sorry. I forgot. No, you're good. You're good, but, but yeah, there's a lot of characters that um, they change storylines, they alternated things. So I mean, it's it's kind of its own little vehicle. Um, but I, you know, there is a good show when there's literally things that happen during that sh that the course of that TV series that like are now part of the cultural lexicon, such as oh, look yeah. at the flowers. Just look at the flowers. Like most people, like you see the meme that episode of got me real bad. bad. The Grove is like one of my favorite episodes. Usually, Walking Dead standalone episodes are some of the strongest storylines too, which is yeah, yeah. They have some really good standalone episodes. I think that one was is one of the better ones. I actually ended up liking the character of Lori before she like. Yeah. I think she ended up making a really interesting character development, kind of like Jamie in Game of Thrones. I did not like Lori. I was like, I was like, I hate you. But then she kind of turns into, like, a good person, and then there's just, like, a terrible circumstance of events that happens, and it's just really unfortunate. But I will say, well, that's the other scene, is, like, Carl, and, like, Rick's crying, and he, and he just keeps saying, Carl, like, everyone has turned that into a meme where he's just yeah. crying. Like, that meme's been memed to death. I, I, knew, I knew that meme before I actually ended up watching that episode and I was like oh it's the meme scene which still made me sad but made me giggle a little bit too we, I was like, <laughs> we, were, uh, we were at a comic con and shortly after me and Taylor started dating we were at a comic con in um, 2012 and Chandler Riggs was there Chandler Riggs is the actor that plays Carl and uh, he was there and we were like Carl stay in the house Carl Coral! 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 Uh, people have actually put that together with, like, Spongebob, too, where it's just, like, Spongebob, but then they're screaming coral because they're in, under the sea. That's amazing. I love memes. 
Uh, yeah, Walking Dead. If you like zombie things, I'd say like wa- watch Walking Dead. But it does get it gets less zombie-ish as yeah. the series progresses. Like it's less and less about the zombies and more and more against about terrible people. Yeah, I was about to say like uh, like a lot of horror series, the real monsters are the humans, um, and that becomes transparently clear over every season. So, Katie, yes. what would be your next one you would recommend? The next one I would recommend is probably something that might have been on your list. And there's a new season coming up that will premiere in October on Netflix. But it's The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yes. Which is so uh, Mike Flanagan. So Thank good. You. I love Mike Flanagan. I do sir. Too. Oh, I love him. So uh, they're doing The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yes. Um, which is the turning of the screw, but I'm assuming won't be screwed up like they screwed up the movie version earlier this year. We'll talk about the turning. We'll not talk about that, which I, I think everyone's read the turning of a screw. If you haven't read the turning of a screw, it's a very short book. It's like now, a novella. So read it. If you like the turning of the screws and you want to see a, a great adaptation, you should watch The Innocence, which is a movie that is based on the turning of the screw that came out in the 60s. That is actually considered one of the most classic horror movies hmm. ever made. So. Oh. I don't think I've seen The Innocence yet. Yeah, The Innocence. So, I-N-N-O-C-E-N-T-S. So, The Innocence. Yes. Haunting of Hill House. So, Haunting of Hill House is also based on a novel. They made it into a black and white movie called The Haunting of Hill House. Then they remade that into a terrible, I'm sorry, it's a really bad early 2000s horror movie with Owen Wilson and Catherine Zeta-Jones and Le- Liam Neeson, too. Yes. That's called just The Haunting. Yes. Um, and it's a psychological horror movie and book where basically there's, a, there's different reasons for them being there in the two movies. And in the book, like, it's all a different reason. But basically, there's a cast of characters that they're all strangers. And they are all um, staying at this house, Hill House. And one of the people, Eleanor, um, keeps seeing ghosts. And then they also keep, like, hearing things. And um, she's very sensitive to it. And everyone else is not as sensitive, but they are hearing things. And it's, it's a lot of, like, is it in your head or is it... It's, like, a very fine line where are they all in her head or is it really haunted in the book? But in both of the movies, I feel like they get really, like, no, it's ghosts. Like, it's ghosts. In the, like, in the haunting movie, it is. In the haunting yeah, movie, it's like, oh, no, it's ghosts. It's ghosts. And it's Lily, not Tomlin, Lily, who I can't remember her last name. This is the person I called Lily Allen for an entire episode. I know exactly the actress you're talking about, too. I see her She's face amazing. Yeah. I love her. And I have a movie with her in it, but it's packed up in my boxes. Um, yeah. Which she's actually pretty good in The Haunting, but uh, it's just a really bad script. It's just everything's just really, really bad. I, I saw The Haunting in theaters when I was a kid, and I actually it scared the shit out of me. It's one of those movies as an adult. It's not the greatest movie, but I feel like if you showed it to a kid, it would be scary. Um, yeah. Now, oh, the, yeah. The Haunting on Hill House, or of Hill House, like, when um, I was a, a small kid, we would go and rent movies from the library all the time. And my mom rented that one from the library. And I very specific remember 
a scene where it's like they're in the dark and she's talking about being scared and she tells her friend she's like she they're talking about holding hands and then like her friends like i'm not holding your hand and she flips the light on and the bed's across the room and so it's like who's holding her hand and it's like that classic before we had cgi how did you as a director build tension and terror and and it was so good like it scared Mm -hmm. the shit out of me as a kid yeah oh definitely yeah yeah the the original one the haunting just got really goofy it's lily taylor by the way i always forget her last name i'm so sorry i love her she's such a good actress but the haunting of hills the tv series flips it on its head and i think it's 10 episodes and instead of it being a bunch of strangers living in a house everyone's related it's all siblings and basically something terrible happened at this big old house at hill house um when they were children and their mom passed away as a result of it and They've kind of never gone back, and it caused a huge rift in the family. And the show does a really good job of covering the story of every single character um, while still telling a linear plot line of something else terrible happens that brings them all back together to the house, and it's telling you their journey of that too. But it's a very cathartic television show, like... The ending is very cathartic. Um, it's very it's very well wrapped up. And it's it's very entertaining to watch multiple times because there's so many layers in his films. He has so much attention to detail. And I think I probably mentioned this during the Doctor Sleep episode, or maybe Britt did. One of us probably did. But he, because it's a haunted house, he hides ghosts. Like, he had actors dress up as ghosts and hide in the background of several yeah. like there's at least like one to four scenes an episode where it's not like they go boo and scare you they're just there they're just watching it kind of creates a uh, subconscious level of unease yes. so it's like you know something's wrong but it's not until you watch it the second or third time you're like there's a little person standing in the scene so even though you're not eyes not focused on the yes. You're, they may not be in the middle of the screen. They may be hiding in the left-hand corner or under a staircase. But you taking it in know something's wrong. And then the second time, you're like, well, there's a fucking ghost. That's what's wrong. Yeah. But Haunting of Hill House, I think, is really good. It's masterful. Um, it's on Netflix. You should definitely see it before Haunting of Blind Manor comes on, which should be this upcoming October. Um, if nothing else, I mean, I've heard people, even if they thought Hill House was eh, Okay, they still lost their fucking minds at the Bitnet Lady episode. And I'm not going to spoil it for you. Other than that, just watch it and then wait for the Bitnet Lady. Oh, God, that episode got me. So your mind can be fucking blown. Also, I definitely cried watching that show. Yeah, multiple times. Me too. Yeah, because it is so much a family drama, too. Yeah. And Carla Gugino, is that her last name? I love her. She's beautiful. She plays their mom, and she... Oh my god, she's like the perfect like like just motherly figure where she's just like she's just like this cool mom and she's just like I I love all my children but she's slowly being driven crazy by this crazy house and it's just the saddest thing. And it's whether you and the the show comes at it from two angles from like a psychological angle and like a ghost angle. Like whether or not the house is actually driving her crazy or she's having a mental breakdown, it's de- it's really sad to see a good parent dissolve into a crazy person yeah 
can't see the difference between their children and what's not real. And that's so scary and really sad. And I think that's the scariest part of it is the family stuff going on and how that affected their family and how mental illness can rip your family apart. And I think that's the scariest part of it. And they handle it so well where it is so psychological. Like, it's kind of like he also did that movie Oculus where like the mirrors driving the parent, the spoiler, the mirrors evil. Um, it's not really a spoiler. That movie's such a trip that it's not really a spoiler to know that the mirror is evil. Like, but like the mirror is driving the mom cr- and the fa- dad crazy. But then also, maybe they're just going crazy. But either way, whether it's real or fake, it's still scary and sad. Yeah, you know? and that's a theme you see also in Gerald's Game, which he directed to, which is a Stephen King novel. Um, but there is some real trauma. It's not a spoiler alert. It happens within the ten, first 10 minutes in the movie. Je- um, Jesse, which is Carla's character in Gerald's game, is uh, her husband's trying to get kinky in the bedroom, and he he um, handcuffs her to the bedpost, and then he dies. Yeah, and, he's has a heart attack. Yeah, it's a survival thing, but while you're in Jesse's mind, she's reliving childhood trauma. Uh, she endured yeah. and there's something supernatural going on or is it so yeah that mm, well I think I've already complained about the ending of Gerald's game but again it was in the book so we're gonna say it's okay because we didn't yeah. want to piss Stephen King off and yeah. that's okay because we like Stephen King we love, um, Stephen. love him but sometimes his books just have things that we need to omit like a an eight-year-old gangbang. I'm sorry, there were 12, oh, but still, it's gross. Oh, yeah, I was about to say God. Are they 13? <laughs> I think they just turned 13, yeah. Does it matter? It's, yeah. it's an underage gangbang, and it's creepy. I'm sorry. I was trying to show the gateway into adulthood. Yeah, the sure the fuck you were, I'm sure. Didn't they just have, like, made out? Do they have to have they, full-on sex? Well, in the movie, they cut their hands open to a blood pack, which seems more... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, you know... They, yeah. Anyways, so I'm going to do one more recommendation, and I think we're going to go into our honorable mention. Since we were talking about a 20 minute episode, I was like, we're getting like an yeah. hour. Minute. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this down. But yeah, we'll do one more a piece. Britt, what's your next one? Um, so I'm gonna get probably another groan inducing thing. Um, but I do love this show. I love the early seasons of this show, and I grew up. Not grew up, but probably from the time I was 16, I was watching it with my brother at home, and that's Supernatural. Um, oh! <laughs> which is I awesome. cannot get into that show. I tried. My parents loved that show. Uh, Supernatural is what I love about Supernatural. It's also a mainstream show. Uh, it was on CW. It's actually, they wrapped up filming the final episode just a couple of days ago. Um, wow. And they've been doing this for 15 years. So I, yeah. It's yeah. Dean from Gilmore Girls, who does not play the character of Dean. In, yeah. In, his brother's name is Dean in Supernatural. Yeah. But I'm sorry, Jared, Jared Galecki? Wait, what's his last name? Padalecki. Padalecki. Jared will always be Dean in my eyes because he was Dean from Gilmore Girls. And, whew. What was so great about Supernatural to begin with is that, you know, you have two brothers. It is a story of family. So there's older sibling Dean and then there's Sam. So there's Sam and Dean, their brothers. Uh, they mentioned the first episode that like Dean comes to see Sam at college. He's about to take like one of his final exams in college. And he's like, 
dad's missing. He went on a hunting trip. And you're just like, oh, hunting trip, clever. Well, it turns out their dad hunts ghosts and demons. Um, and it sets off this chain of events. It's a serious show, but there are very comedic episodes. Um, and they're darkly comedic. Um, and there's also, what well, I love, so the show was supposed to end after five seasons. And I love the first five seasons. Um, after the fifth season, I feel like things get a little wonky. There's good episodes that come after the initial five seasons, but it does tend to drag. We, send, we tend to see repetitive storylines, but the first five seasons, there's a lot of gold episodes. Um, there's an episode that's very loosely based on Groundhog's Day. That's one of my favorites, where uh, Sam keeps reliving Dean dying every day over and over and over again, which sounds Spoilers. Yeah, but it's like it's 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 just like it's a funny episode. But there's like gold mine writing, and it has the best fucking soundtrack because there's all these classic songs, classic rock songs. That's what the whole soundtrack is. They drive a '67 Impala that is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like it's a fun show. Um, it's one of those shows I feel like you could definitely watch with the family. Um. It's not, I mean, there's there's adult things in there, but it's not too adult, I feel. Well, and also, doesn't Jeffrey Dean Morgan play their dad? He sure does, yeah. That That's actually what got me to watch it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, he's not going to be in that many episodes. Oh. But, yeah. I don't know. I liked it. But I didn't love it. So, I didn't, I don't even know if I finished the first season. Like, I liked it. I just didn't love it. Yeah. But I might go back and try to watch it. And now it's just so long. It's like Breaking Bad. Like, I yeah. liked it. I didn't think it was bad, but it was a little too cancer heavy for me. Because just I have personal issues. Like, it makes me really sad. And I have to I have to limit how many stories I watch about people dying of cancer. Because it yeah. just affects me very traumatically. Yeah. Um, I know it affects everyone. It's just something like, you know, there's things that trigger certain people. And I'm like, I can handle it, but I need to handle it in small doses. But then Breaking Bad went for such a long time without me watching it. And then I was like, I don't know if I'll ever finish this. I will so, say. Super, um, Supernatural is like that. Because it's now 15 seasons. So yeah, I, I don't know if say, I can watch it. I won't go on my uh, my tangent about Breaking Bad. But Breaking Bad, I feel like, is five seasons. Which the subject material, I understand, is complicated for you. It does make you comfortable. I wouldn't expect you to watch it. But if you guys... Uh, can watch Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is one of the best American television series ever created. And that's not just me talking out my ass. That's like a proven fact. Like, if you want to see no. Shakespearean drama, watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, and I really, really loved the first episode. It wasn't that I didn't like it. I was just like, I just, uh, it's really heavy for me. And like, I don't know what it was about Supernatural. I just, it just didn't hook me. And I don't yeah. know if it's just, I didn't find a character. Like, I feel like it has like, like a trying to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of vibe, which yeah. isn't a bad thing, but it, it reminds me of Buffy because, which if you haven't seen, I don't know, Buffy wasn't on my list, but if you haven't seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh my God, Supernatural, eat your heart out. And there's several really good Halloween episodes on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Gentleman episode is where it's all silent. It's complete. It's like a silent film. Like, no one talks the entire episode. It's so cool. Um, and there's also the best musical episode of any TV show ever is the Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical episode. I own the soundtrack because the music's really well written. And it 
the music actually moves the plot along. That episode, instead of just, like, I was talking to, I don't know if I was talking to, I was talking to my friend Kat about this, but I don't know if I mentioned this to Britt. I have watched a lot of Riverdale, but I'm not currently caught up on it. I've watched, like, the first three seasons. I think season four is finally out on Netflix, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, they have a musical episode every season since season two. And the first season, it made sense. They were doing Carrie, and they used the musical, like, there was a dead body on stage, like a real dead body on stage. And it was like, oh, like, that's why they were having a musical episode. And it was like, okay. But then every season since that, they've just thrown in a musical episode. And instead of writing their own music, they're just using music from current musicals. Like, they did Heathers one year. They did Carrie another year. And um, it just kind of, like, stops the whole storyline just to do a random musical episode i hate that i'm like i love musicals but i want a musical that moves the plot along the buffy the vampire slayer musical episode is have you seen it Britt? i haven't okay it's there's something happens to buffy and she's been holding it in the whole season because her friends accidentally did something horrendous to her and they thought they were saving her and they were actually not saving her. And she's been holding it in and being depressed about it the entire series arc. And throughout this episode, she finally like, like all these like problems that have been happening through the whole episode, like she's going through that. There's an unrequited love story going on. Giles is trying to figure out what he's even doing with his life anymore. And then um, Tara and what is, what is, oh God, what is it? Willow, Willow, I'm sorry. Tara and Willow are having relationship issues and everything comes to a head in this musical episode. And also like uh, Xander and, and um, oh, she's like my favorite character. I can't remember her name. His fiance are having like a fight. All of their relationship problems and personal problems all come to a head during this episode. And they all, because it's like two thirds of the way through that season, and they all like, like the the music actually brings the plot forward, and it's like this, it's a, it's the best way to use a musical episode, because the whole point of musicals is that you're at such a height that you can't just talk about things anymore, like emotionally, you have to sing about it. So yeah, so Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a really good supernatural show. I was gonna mention. I have like two more that I want, three more that I want to mention, but uh, quickly, American Horror Story, especially season three. If you haven't watched it, Coven, amazing. For me, it's the first two seasons, I think, are the strongest. I love season three. Season three is my, Coven is my absolute favorite season. I've watched it multiple times. Coven is great. Uh, If you like Ryan Murphy at like American Horror Story with a hint of glee. Maybe that's why you're coming. Coven's good. Maybe. But I well, love Coven. I love Murder House and Asylum though. I think no Murder House and Asylum are scarier though. Mm-hmm. They're more horror, the first yeah. two seasons. And I did like the beginning of Hotel, but it lost my interest. Yeah. And I feel like Freak Show was arguably one of the weaker seasons. And yeah, then... it started out strong and then it just got just weird. Uh, I like Roanoke. I like the idea behind Roanoke. Yes. Yeah. That's, I can never remember what season Roanoke is, but I actually watched all of Roanoke. It was the only one other than Coven that I've, like, rewatched and been like, oh, I really, really like that. Hotel lost my interest, too, but I thought it was interesting. 
And believe um, it or not, 1984, or actually, um, Apocalypse was okay. Okay, at best. And 1984 is actually the only season of American Story I haven't seen. I want to see the, the 1984 one. That's the only yeah. one that I've been really um, interested in. Because I honestly was like, I rolled my eyes at the Apocalypse one. I watched like the first two episodes and was like, I don't no. like this. Now that I say this, I'm like, I think it's called 1984, but maybe I'm also thinking of Wonder Woman. Oh. Oops. It's 1980-something. It's, it's the summer camp one. It's the, okay, yeah. it's the summer camp one. Okay, it's yeah. very obviously, like, Camp Crystal Lake, which I'm cool with. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Are they going to have a season this year? Did they That's get to film anything? Question. I'm not sure. I don't know either. Oh, election. The election one wasn't that great either. Sorry. That's the one. That was Apocalypse, right? No, no. Oh. That was before Apocalypse. What was that one? Oh. Cult. Yes. Cult. Yeah. I refuse to watch that one because, like, you know, I watched television to escape that, and I don't need them to bring in, like, a real-life event. I think real-life issues are good. Like, I think Ryan Murphy's done a good job of upbringing. Like, he usually has characters that are, like, marginalized parts of society, and I enjoy that. I enjoy that he casts people that aren't your typical, like, Hollywood celebrity, like, looking people. Like, he does not care. And he, like. I want to, I want to say off topic, on top, off topic, on topic, since we were talking about Ryan Murphy. One of my new favorite things is uh, there is a thread of TikToks that uh, drag Glee. And I <laughs> I watch every single season of Glee. Some some seasons were definitely stronger than the others. Um, I like the show overall, but they brought up some glaringly things that I'm just like, oh shit! I forgot Glee said that, did that. Like it is amazing yeah. that it got by with when it was on air. True. Like I was super into Glee. I mean, obviously, I was a musical theater major when it came out. That um, the only other like I don't know if anyone's seen these yet, but uh Dublin murders on I feel like I saw it on Prime on my Britbox subscription. It's a really good I'm not even gonna go into it, but it's just a really good procedural. But both all the characters have really dark, creepy stuff going on. And there's a serial killer and it's incredibly creepy and like there's like a dead body in the forest and there's like family drama and it's really good. And the two main characters are Irish and I love listening to Irish people talk in cop dramas. And um, also The End of the Fucking World, if you haven't seen that show. I've heard good things about that one. I haven't finished the second season. I started it and I haven't finished it. Um, but it's really, really good. Um, the first season, I, I honestly watched the first season. It's a really good standalone. I was surprised they did a second season because the way the, end, the first season ended, it could have just ended. But um, the two main actors are really good. It's not really, it's about like a kid who thinks he wants to be a serial killer. And he takes this girl with him, planning on murdering her, and then he just can't murder her. And then he slowly turns into a person. But they're on like a crime spree too. So it's, it's very interesting. Did you have another one? I have one more special one, but go ahead and say another one. Because I'm trying to be shorter now. Okay, yeah. So, um, I had a few. Um, so, of course, it goes without saying, uh, Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> it's not really hard, um, but it does have some scary moments in it. Um, it definitely is that nostalgia wave. I love the first season. The second season was okay. And then the third season came out, and I absolutely love the third season. It's funny. It's, like, emotional. Um, 
it's nostalgic uh it's beautifully filmed um i just love it it's a, it's a great show i know a lot of people roll their eyes when you when someone says something kind of mainstream but at the same time there's probably a reason some things are mainstream i think they connect it with it didn't start yeah. off that way too it was like yeah. it was like a cult thing they didn't have a lot of money it was like one of the first like netflix tv shows yeah that like wasn't expected to be a hit but it was literally everyone loved it automatically literally the duffer brothers set out to make a story that was a merging of stephen king and uh steven spielberg and they did a mm-hmm. great job doing so yeah. like that's exactly yeah. what that show is and it's i like that every season changes a little bit yeah and grows and has like like i loved i think the third season was the mall season right yes that's a really good season i love the season with the mall i love all like the the funny mall bits and like the really cheesy commercials that they do um i also love their promos for their seasons are always like something interesting yeah um like they had a halloween promo with ghostbusters for the second season and then the third season um, and also, it wasn't supposed to be a multi-season show. It was just supposed to be one series. And then, but they left it open-ended enough. Yeah. But honestly, you can watch the first season of Stranger Things and be perfectly satisfied. I'm interested to see where the fourth season's going to go. Supposedly, the fourth season, this has not been confirmed, but it's rumored that it would be the last season. I think that would be perfect myself. I Yeah, I don't think yeah. everyone's getting older, too, since they're all children. Like, Finn Wolfhard's, like, what, 15, 16 now? Like, they're, they're all getting like older. Now. Yeah, they're all getting a little too old to play, like, little children. Yeah. Um, which they might do. I don't I don't think I'd hate them doing, like, a, a year time skip. I think any more than that would be a little weird. Yeah. But I could see them doing that. I haven't, I feel like they have had a teaser out, and I haven't watched it yet. Because I've been staying away from it. Yeah, I don't feel like right. I've seen a teaser myself. Maybe they just announced that it was getting ready to release it. Yeah. Perhaps that might yeah. be what it was. I could go um, on Stranger Things, so I'm gonna stop. Uh, so, three others is uh, I haven't seen this TV series, but I want to see it. I've heard good things about it. I saw the movie, loved the movie. Uh, what we do in the shadows on FX. <gasps> it's so good. It's so good. See- it's on Hulu. What we do in the shadows. Want to oh see it. Love the movie. Haven't seen it. Two honorary mentions. I feel like really started my love of probably horror and scary things was two shows I watched as a kid. One was Goosebumps and one was what <laughs> Are You Afraid of the Dark? Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because I love Are yeah. You Afraid of the Dark. I don't know if you can I know Goosebumps was streaming on Netflix. Are You Afraid of the Dark has been streaming on Prime and then it went off of Prime and I don't know. It might be on Hulu now. A lot of episodes are on YouTube. Are on YouTube. It's fine. Um, Yeah. Uh, also, Twin Peaks, which I know I've mentioned a billion times. Yes. If you haven't watched Twin Peaks, another one that is on Disney Plus is so weird. Oh, Did you ever yeah. watch so weird. Uh, yeah. It's all supernatural. It's about a girl. I was rewatching it because I saw it. it was like the second thing I watched on Disney Plus. I watched like, I think I watched Stepsister from Planet Weird, which was a decom that is just. I might do a review about it one day because it is just wildly weird. Um, it's just as weird as I rem- remember it. It's very strange. But uh, so weird was this girl, her mom, who's played by Mackenzie Phillips, who is the daughter of uh, the Mamas and the Papas, of mm-hmm. one of the, the couples, who actually is a musician, was in, uh, I can't remember the band's name, but she was in a band. She plays 
a musician parent and they're riding around in the tour bus going to different towns and stuff and fee fiona her younger child um sees like keeps getting like supernatural like things happening and she has a blog about it and this was like in like 2000 when blogs were like no one did blogs except for really cool people and uh it's it's really good also there's a really cool like um theme song that Mackenzie Phillips sings it's like it's great um also I wrote this one and I forgot and this is probably if well there's two that are just about serial killers if you just want to watch serial killers is The Fall starring Gillian Anderson from who is British I mistakenly said she's not British and has a fabulous British accent she is British and she's just been doing a fabulous American accent for years Ah, right um and Dexter Oh yeah, uh, which I text. Um, I never finished it because I heard the last few seasons were terrible. But the first like three or four seasons, the first season of Dexter is such a good like horror movie serial killer plotline, and like you don't see. Oh, it's so good. I'm not gonna ruin it for you. I'm just gonna say watch the first season of Dexter and have your mind blown. It's great. Um, and there's actually, one more, but if you have another one, go ahead. And... No, I actually got all mine out of the way for the oh, most. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know. I wrote too many down. Although I didn't think they were very, but they were a little spoopy. Okay. The last one, and it's been on Hulu for years. I think I've mentioned this before, but it finally came on Netflix too. So if you haven't been watching it because you don't have Hulu, um, it's actually an anime television show. And um, I, I sometimes TV shows make me cry. And I've watched this series, I think, three times now. Because it's not a very long anime series. I think it's like ten episodes. Um, it's called Erased. Or The Town That... Something else. There's some other long name, too. Um, the Town That Forgot Me, I think, is the other name of it. And it is literally one of the best done anime series the animation style is great it is based on a manga which if anyone wants to buy me a birthday gift i want erase the manga because it's it's really good the art style is gorgeous um it it toes the line between like this really innocent plot line and this really dark creepy plot line because basically the main character he wants to be a manga artist he wants to draw which is ironic because it was a manga like i'm like oh like you know getting from within cool he wants to be a manga artist he's never really experienced anything in his life and he's having a really hard time like creatively because he feels like he hasn't really experienced enough life and he's like in his late 20s and he's just like i don't even know what i'm doing with my life well he has this weird supernatural gift where he'll see the future but only like a few minutes at a time and he'll be and he'll be able to like change things from happening so he ends up saving this little boy's life and he gets into a car accident trying to save him and he ends up in the hospital and his mom comes and visits and his mom mentions this thing that happened when he was a kid and apparently a bunch of his classmates were murdered by a child murdering serial killer when he was a little kid and somebody went to jail for it but he's always thought that person probably wasn't it and he ends up going back in time and living in his own body as like a 10 year old knowing what's going to happen to all of his friends before they got murdered and trying to change the past but then like 
But then he ends up like some episodes, he's like, I'm going to do this because then this will happen and it'll be different. But then it actually was what happened. And it's like this whole like fate versus like reality. Oh, it's oh, so good. It's like a it's like a time travel paradox. Almost. Yes. But like, it's also a serial killer mystery because yeah. there's so many things that happen. And I think it's only, it might be 10 or 13 episodes. There's also a live action version, which I tried yeah. to watch. But the English dubbing is terrible, and it made me laugh. And I, d- I don't watch the live-action version. It's not as good. I think Netflix actually made the live-action version before they got the rights to the anime. But it's now, I think it's on both Hulu and Netflix right now. Wow. Um, it's great. And it's really, it makes, there's a couple episodes that make me cry. Um, <laughs> because I am a baby. But it it is really good. And, um... I, I, yeah, I, it's, I've watched it like three times now, I think. And I was so excited it came on Netflix because I like so many more people can watch it now. Cause I know a lot of people literally only watch them on, um, on Netflix. Like a lot of people will not do, um, they won't do Hulu. They won't do add-ons. I was trying to find out how many episodes there are. And it's a 2017 anime too so it's not that yeah. old of an anime i guess i thought yeah, it was much I older that's really new. yeah oh that's the live action one no i want this <laughs> i want to know the other thing um but yeah if you like crying at cartoons maybe you guys won't cry as much as i did but i i, I cried about it definitely oh, yeah, yeah i've already watched through season seven and i just started rewatching it again <laughs> Oh, wow. it's 12 episodes 12 episodes that's so, actually a really good like run 12 episodes is like perfect yeah and it's just one season but it's it's one of those it's perfectly bookended everything it's so good i love it so much and uh it it also does like weird like they they play around with like the opening credits a couple times when things happen in the plot like they'll take characters out of the opening credits because they're not there because of things yeah it's very cool. Like, it's very, very cool. And they also, like, explore things like parents, like, lying to your kids for their protection. Like, when is that good? When is that bad? Because, like, the whole thing is, like, he didn't really know all of the stuff. And his mom's like, yeah, like, all your friends were murdered. <laughs> like, that sounds really bad. It's not, it's not that much. But, yeah, it's just, like, in surviving childhood trauma, even though it wasn't directly happening to you, but how, like, the loss of your friend's traumatic death also traumatizes you as a child and like how you push in, you push down that grief. See, like, it's like, it's a great show. Um, everyone should watch it and it is English dubbed well. So if you are not a person who I like to do stuff while I watch TV and sometimes I can't, if it's a TV show, I'm going to have a lot harder time sitting down and reading subtitles than like TV shows. I like to let run in the background, whereas movies I usually sit down and watch. So I am pretty good with subtitles when it's movies, but when it's TV shows, I tend to want them dubbed. The dubbing is very good in this one, yeah. um, but not on the TV, the live action one. I, I don't think I'll be watching the live action. Also, it's understandable when they're a little kid, but they're an adult in their brain. When it's a cartoon, it's a little weirder when it's an actual child thinking adult things. Yeah. A little weird. And I mean, like he acknowledges it too. Cause he's like, he's like, Oh God, I can't, I don't, I'm not supposed to know this. I'm 10, like, or something like that. 
but it's just like, what would you do if you could relive your, because it's your own body. It's not like you're yeah. in another 10 year old's body. You're in your, yourself. You've been there before, but you have all this other knowledge. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, I like a race and it's, it's creepy serial killer, but it's also supernatural. So I, I find it very interesting and it's, one of the very few shows that just like I asked a lot of people have they seen it and people have seen it like I don't think this is like a sleeper hit or anything because most people I know that like watch anime have seen it but I don't know if people who like I like anime but I will say I'm not as well versed as other people are like I I do like anime but I was probably a latecomer to some anime yeah like so like I didn't really watch Sailor Moon till I was older so, you know, where everyone else is like, I've seen every episode of Sailor Moon. And I'm like, I have seen Sailor Moon, but I just didn't watch it till I was older because it wasn't on TV until after I got home from school. Um, but like, you know, like I it's it's not just a good anime show. It's a good show. Yeah. And it's got it's I would not call it safe for children, even though there's nothing that inappropriate. It's just it's a lot of heavy subject matter. And yeah. It's a lot more of like psychological stuff than it is like, like oh, like because some anime, like some people see anime, they're like, oh, it's goofy and funny and it's a cartoon, but sometimes it's not like that. Like, okay. I w- I would say probably from the age of like eight, eight to like fifteen, sixteen, I would identify as an otaku, which is like a actually derogatory term for anime fans. Um, it's like super anime fan, like weeb. Uh, live in your basement. Someone was um, wearing a t-shirt saying that at my work the other day, and I almost yeah. like was like, ha, 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 ha. but I was like, I don't know if they find it funny yeah. or offensive, so I'm but just gonna. I I would them. identify because it was like one of those things that like I loved anime, and uh, pretty much every conversation I had, I could somehow get you back to talking about anime. I was that kid. Um, I would be like, and this reminds me of an anime I just watched. But uh, people who don't watch anime, I always say, I'm like, you're missing out on some great storytelling, like. There are some phenomenal anime TV series and movies too. Um, yeah. Some of the anime movies ever created are anime movies. So yeah, like um, Perfect Blue. Oh yeah, amazing. So uh, it's Satoshi Khan who did Perfect Blue. Uh, Paprika was actually mm-hmm. uh, inspiration for Inception. And my personal favorite is Millennium Actress, which is a beautiful film. So there's a lot of really good anime out there, and of course all the um, Ghibli. Ghibli, thank you. I was yeah. like, Studio, mm. Studio And Akira, yes. which is like post-apocalyptic cyberpunk. Like, that was like one of the first... I've been waiting to watch that. It's on my oh, list. so good. I like... haven't watched it yet. <laughs> but I have, I have it on the list. But yeah. Uh, so those are some TV shows, y'all. We ended up talking a lot longer, so hopefully we can... Worst case, we can get this out before Wednesday. Worst case scenario is we get it out on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we'll see you next week. Listen and subscribe. It really helps the podcast out if you listen and subscribe to us. Yes. We love y'all. We hope you stay spoopy. Stay spoopy, y'all. And again, we're sorry. Stay spoopy, y'all. We'll see you guys later. Good night, Brittany. Good night, Katie. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a Production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod 
grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.